0: Hello and welcome to OTP Volunteer Table. I'm Don horn uh, People come and go at the Playhouse. We get people in to do a, a show or two and then they have life uh, intervene and they have to leave the Playhouse. Was well, Such as the case with Andrew Lehman, who came to us and just finished with uh, Escanaba in the moonlight. And now he's off on an adventure. So let's chat with Andrew Lehman and find out about his experience at the Playhouse and... His adventure. So here we are with Andrew Lehman. We're <laughs> in the main auditorium at the Old Town Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for giving me some of your time, Andrew. No,
1: oh, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah,
0: and congratulations on a successful run, as best your run could be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as much as we could, right? You know, had a little shutdown in there, yeah, but you know we, that's fine.
0: Because of COVID, you had you had somebody who. Who interacted and tested positive with COVID, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. They tested positive. So, you know, as soon as we get that news, it's like everyone, okay. Go get your test done right, right now. And, you know, it's like up in the air. Will we have shows this weekend? Will we not? So it's kind of keeping your eyes glued on your email waiting for test results and right. whether or not you're going to have shows coming up.
0: And everybody else gets it positive or negative. <laughs> negative. negative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. It was, it was oh. a positive negative.
1: <laughs> positively <laughs> negative. <laughs> positively there positively we go. negative.
0: <laughs> and the person who got uh, was in... Um, tested positive, had been vaccinated, so they were asymptomatic. Right, Everything's right. Fine.
1: They had nothing more than really some sniffles there. Right. That's about it. And um, you,
0: you were able to finish the run. Right. The yeah. last three performances. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night, the uh, performance sold out. They did sell I mean, out it sell out all it, the
1: way? It, really? It, Very it, good. it was huge.
0: It was, good. it was one big house. I don't know if it was a, it was a big 270 sellout but right. it certainly had the whole first floor yeah. loaded. There were well, very mean, few seats.
1: You can definitely tell when the house is full like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Especially with a show like this where, like, there are parts where you know people are going to be laughing there. Right. And you know how many people are going to be there by how loud it is, right? right. You know. That,
0: that makes your performance better, doesn't it? Oh, I yeah. Mean, it, you the know,
1: feedback? Yeah, you can feed off of it, right? You can play off of that. And it's kind of interesting. I was, I was talking about this with Patrick not too long ago. I think Patrick and Steve where it's like, you know, different audiences will laugh at different kinds of jokes. Right. It seems like every night they have like a different sense of humor a little bit. So you kind of pick up on what they're laughing at and what they're not laughing at and work with it there, which hold is, on, it's really on. kind of fun.
0: Hold on a second. Let me see where we are. What are they? Okay. No, we're going. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I just had a technical... Please hold. <laughs> uh, technical
1: issue with our recording, but we're back. All right. And yes,
0: you were talking about the audiences are different and give you a different feel and different flavor.
1: Yeah, and you know, they're they're focusing and laughing at different things every night. In fact, we were talking about this last night where something kind of Neat about this show that I thought was really fun is you know, as Ed would say it, it is it's a cabin right and in a cabin there's not going to be all the focuses in one area and one person talks at a time you know right. people are going to talk over each other there's going to be stuff happening on the left side of the cabin and the right side of the cabin all the time you know so it it was really I think it would have been a very interesting audience experience to kind of have all these different things going on and you're looking all over the place all the time and there's always something going on something to laugh at too which is that's the best part
0: and then certainly that's part of acting Mm -hmm. to be not trying the i always liken it to trying to steal the scene and when you do don't but (laughs) the, the point is if you're doing something you're you're in motion, and people can look at you and then look back where the scene's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But they give mm-hmm. you that visual interest to keep moving around, right? Rather than focusing on the person talking, right? And other right. people should be doing stuff.
1: Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it, and it makes it feel more—I don't know—I guess a little more realistic that yeah. way is the way you could put it. Because you know, in, in real life, not everyone stops when there's a conversation happening 20 feet over there. Right, look at me, I'm
0: dancing here. I'm dancing (laughs) while you're talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm busy over here. Yeah, no, that's exactly how it is. So how did you get to the Playhouse?
0: How did, what uh, what brought you here?
1: Let's see, it all started, it was 2017. I had just finished up high school and I did one show in high school. I did Charlotte's Web and my dad thought- Charlotte's Web, yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The Young Company, uh, yeah. No, it wasn't even Young Company. This was in Gaylord High School. Oh, where I grew in Gaylord, up. no. Yeah. Because we did
0: Charlotte's Rubier. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow.
1: Yeah. So I did that, and my dad, he was like a theater kid growing up, and he was all, all about it, right? And one day, I was in community college. And, you know, I just got out of high school, getting into college, and we're sitting in the living room, and he has his phone out, and he says, Hey, they're doing, because we talked about the Playhouse before, he's like, they're doing uh, Annie at the Playhouse, you should go audition for that. And I'm like, okay, why not? (laughs) And then I auditioned for it, and ever since then, I I think in that show, something that I really found that was remarkable, that made me really want to stay with this place, is, so I drive in from Gaylord, you know, it's about an hour and 15 minute drive to get here for rehearsals and all that, but when the cast of Annie found that out and this is like two weeks into the rehearsal process multiple people offered to me like oh you can stay at my place if you need to you know people that I had known for no more than like eight days right right people I have spent maybe five hours with total time have offered me to stay in their home right and it's like why would I not want to surround myself with people who are like that? Sure. Right. Who are so, so kind and so trusting and things like that. So I think that was like the moment where I was like, wow, this is a really good joint. And, you know, you got to remember up until that point, I had done one show. I had never touched theater. It was not my thing. Um, But then I did Annie here. And then after that, we did Young Frankenstein in the following spring. And after Young Frankenstein, I actually Made me want to pursue a degree in theater, so that's what I went to school for. Mm -hmm. I went to school for theater, and now I'm back here after school.
0: After school, there you go, yeah. And you did a fine job, and thank uh, you, thank you. There's a really neat presentation. I mean, a whole lot of fun. The Mm -hmm. the show itself was fun. So, what did your part was? Oh, you were uh, Ranger Tom,
1: Ranger Tom T. Tredo. that's the man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you uh, that? There are no small roles right. in theater. Of course. But this was not the principal role. It was the Sodi family who were the principals. How did you, what did you do to get into the Tom T role?
1: Well, here? it was um, really, so it's different. Like you were getting at, it's not like I'm in this family. I have this backstory of the family going on this whole time. So really, you got to get into your script and look at, where is this guy from? What does he say? How does he talk? The Things like that to kind of get a feel for what this guy's been through. And the big thing with Ranger Tom is he's not a youper. He's from Detroit, right? He says that in the script. So you can drop any ounce of any youperism that you could right. ever have. Just drop it at the door. You don't need it. So that makes life a little bit easier. But another thing that makes it, I, want, I don't want to say easy, but more approachable is that he's from detroit so all of that backstory is almost irrelevant in the light of things that happened to him right just before yeah. he enters the show. you yeah. know like he sees this light in the woods that he thinks is god and then words start coming out of his mouth that he can't control right and he he has this delusion in his mind you know he just starts spiraling in his mind out there in the middle of the woods scared to death so really just think about that. Imagine yourself, right? Just you, average Joe, and then that happens to you. Sure. And now you're in this cabin with a bunch of youpers you've never met, you know, these scary youpers that you hear about down south that, you know, it's like, ooh, lawless land up there, Right. you know? So you just kind of have to take it all right as it comes to you, right? Like, it's almost scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. You just have to yeah, think about where you were, and how terrifying that is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got of from a from a, a bunch of cement, with no trees, mm-hmm. quote unquote, I maybe mean one or two, but yeah, no trees, mm-hmm. a couple maples, and no sky. And all of a sudden, you're in a place where there's stars. Yeah. And there's big trees, mm-hmm. and there's total black. Yeah. Because there is no black in Detroit. You it walk around not. with streetlights all over the place. Right. Right. So. Now and and home lights and all this other and now you're into a place where there's nothing. With yeah. your headlights and or you're nothing.
1: On your own, yeah. essentially, right? And that was the big thing, I think, for Ranger Tom in this show, is that he's so separated from these guys. Right? And you can see it in, you know, how the play goes along. Like towards the end, they think they need a sacrifice for this bear walk spirit right. type of thing. And they all just turn their heads towards Ranger Tom. (laughs) Because that's that stranger from Detroit that Uh, they might not know if he mm -hmm. disappeared. (laughs) And we could
0: sacrifice him no
1: matter what. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) It doesn't matter. So, you know, you kind of just got to be in that headspace of, I'm the outsider, and this is really, really weird, and I'm really, really scared now.
0: (laughs) So you took took, uh, a degree in theater Mm -hmm. in school. What do you find the difference between... The school training, um, rehearsals, what have you, and the playhouse. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, we're we're community theater. Right. I always say we're 9 to 5 working people, and then we come and do our passion afterwards.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, there has to be some difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. And I was actually, I was talking um, with someone about this. I think it was talking with John about this. John Klapko. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about it, how it's a really big difference because in here, in the community theater, this is passion driven. You're here because you love this and this is why you want to be here. You just kind of want to put on this show for the sake of the show, right? For the sake of art, you know? And also, of course, you know, there's like the, the budget side of it and all, but that's that's not why we are here right. the volunteers, right. right? We're here to put on this show because we want to do this show. But in an academic environment, it's exactly that. You are there to learn to sharpen your craft there a lot. So there's a constant stream of feedback in that environment. And it's also, it's, at least where I went to school at Grand Valley, it was set up to be just as if you were in a professional production, mm. right? So the times are set up just like a professional production. Like you will have a full days of rehearsal for this show. Right? and you will rehearse these days, and you get these days off, and it's that set, schedule, regimented, just like you would in a professional theater. Um, but here, it's a lot more, well, here's what we have in mind, let's experiment and figure it out, right? Which I think is actually really, really nice, and I think makes community theater a really good place to grow as a theater artist, cast, crew, musician, whatever, because you kind of break away from that I'm teaching you how to be a professional and more into that experiment, see what works, right? right. Just kind of right. work with your cast and your crew and figure things out along the way. And that's not to say, mind you, that like the Playhouse or community theater is like an unprofessional type of thing, not at all. I'd say actually, in comparison to some of the other community theaters I've been to, this one is a little bit more professional. <laughs> they got their stuff down pretty good. But it's definitely, A little bit more freedom, I would say, in doing community theater. One of the
0: things about community theater is we are volunteers, Mm -hmm. and so it's difficult to fire somebody. You know, you don't have the authority. Your authority comes from everybody buying the authority. You say, okay, you're the director, we will now listen to you, even though some of the people (coughs) in the play have directed themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they have to give over in uh, professional theater. I'll fire you. Yeah, I don't, if, you don't get paid. You're <laughs> not off book when you need to be.
1: See ya, <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> right. That
0: that. I mean, we we still have to have the regimentation, but it's a much more
1: casual kind of yeah. environment right. because it's you better little, you can let your guard down a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: and you 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 gotta. I mean, we're all we all have personal. Issues that we have to mm-hmm. attend to, mm-hmm. and they supersede coming to the theater, right? Uh, because it's our love, it's our passion, rather than uh, it's our how it's paying this the rent. This is my job. Yeah, yeah like I, yeah. I
1: don't need to be here; I want to be. Here, exactly. Right? That's the key, right there. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, um, what was the process like with, with and uh, as director and being with the other guys uh, mm-hmm. and gals who are backstage, mm-hmm. um, working with them. What was, what was doing Escanaba like?
1: Well, I'd say it was, it really fit really well into that thing we were just talking about, where it's that, that freedom to kind of just experiment and try something new. Um, in the rehearsal process, because I was used to, in academic theater, you know, you do your rehearsal, and then afterwards, you get a boatload of notes. Right, you get like a little document on the internet, everyone has a little section in the document, and your notes are in the document, right? And you have at least like five. Um, But here, I noticed it was very few notes. It was more in the early stages of rehearsal, just kind of saying, here's the blocking, you know, we're going to have you do these things, just a few minor things, but the rest is up to you and then from there it's just experimenting and after we got the blocking down and the lines you know scripts out of our hands and things like that the notes became less oh you you're supposed to go here or you're supposed to go there and more just like fine tuning things a little mm-hmm. bit, just little tiny tweaks on it and what i enjoyed about it is rarely was a note ever something like oh say the line this way right it was never just like giving the actor a line reading it was like think about it this way and then the line will come out that way which i think is a really good way to set up a character that way is not to think i'm gonna say it this way this is this is the way i rehearsed it when i was reading my script last night you know that, that 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 doesn't work at least not for me right so that kind of very how it was described in academics or academics when i was in school is there's like a dictatorial type of director that tells you exactly everything you need to do mm-hmm. and then there's like community-based directing where you just kind of let the actors experiment and let them do their own thing and then you can kind of jump in when you need to right. and I think it was definitely more on that community side of things which I really like I mean I thought it worked really well for what we had going which was good because we had a, a cast that was that liked to play around right you know so it worked out good for us yeah yeah so I think that's what it was it was very just
0: experiment see what works we've we've had some dictatorial directors they don't work well in community theater right yeah the other thing i do see is that um an actor has to know what he's saying and why he's saying it Mm -hmm. um so if a director says i want it delivered angry now the this old um uh, thing that everybody says, well, what's my motivation? Right. Uh, because you, you have to know why you're saying what you're saying, mm-hmm. and if you don't make it up, the director tells you to do it, it comes out phony. No. It comes it, out different. It,
1: it really does. Uh, one of the ways that my acting professor described it is, you know, if you get a note like, say this you know, more angry, you as an actor, when you're on stage saying that line, Instead of thinking about the context surrounding that line, right. you're going to be thinking about: Am I saying this angry enough right now? Right. right, and then and then it just comes off as fake. Everyone knows that you're playing angry. You're not doing yeah. anything. You're just yeah. indicating that you're angry. Right? So
0: I know you're going to be going away for a while. You're a leaving little, the country, having a little trip. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But what? Um, If you were staying, and staying in Traverse City, and that's a big if, (laughs) we're just, we're looking forward, you know, forward. Um, Are you a performer? Are you, number one, a singer? Are you a dancer? Are you an actor, a comedian? Um, And if you don't get cast, do you do backstage, or would you do backstage?
1: Right, yeah. Well, yeah, primarily, I, I love to act right? Mm-hmm. That, that's my big thing. I can sing too. That's like a, that's like a, side, <laughs> a side hobby, but right. first and foremost, I, I love acting, right? That's, that's been my mojo for the past, <laughs> it's not that long. It's only been like three or four years, but I still love it. Right. Um, so I like that, and I like to sing. You know, I did like acapella and choir in college and all that fun stuff, and I've done a few musicals, but um, as much as I love performing, if I were to like not be cast in something here, um, I would love to work crew, especially things like lighting design and things like that, because that was something that I did a lot of in college as well, Right. is I focused mostly on acting, but I needed, you know, of course, it's a rounded out theater degree, mm-hmm. so you need crew credits as well, um, and lighting design seemed the most appealing, and I got into it, and I was like, this is really, really cool. It's just... It's interesting <laughs> It's interesting how you can change a whole mood. You can change a whole scene by the way it is lit. All right. right? The lighting, and not even just like the color shifts or anything like that, like the direction from where the light comes from can change the entire mood of a scene, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's really interesting. The way I like to think about it, and this is the way my lighting design professor kind of explained it, is it's less putting the lights places and more figuring out where you want to place shadows on the stage.
0: Got it, right? yeah, sure. Right,
1: because those shadows, that's that's the part that you can't really make out, so that's the part that you're kind of interested in sometimes, right. right? So I think that's a really fun way to kind of think about it, and it's really fun to go have your lighting plot out there, know what the set is, know where the actors are going to be, and figure out, What directions, what colors do I want on these lights? You know, how do I want them to come up? Do I want them to come up fast? Do I want it to be a slow fade? What do I want? You get so much creative freedom. But at the same time, your job as a lighting designer is to make sure everything is visible. Right. right? That is your first priority. And then you can kind of play with the artistic stuff, which I I think that's really fun. I I, um, I really, really like that.
0: when When I'm calling a show and I tell spotlighters, uh, go, uh, go, go to the face. Make sure the face is lit. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I say during a show. Light their face, please. Lights up, light higher. Yeah. Because you need to see the actor. Yeah. You right. can't see their body. You need to see their face. Mm-hmm. But yes, all the other stuff. Uh, once with spotlights, their their main focus is
1: on actors, on right. people. One point.
0: And everything else is this kind of general. Uh, what can we see to make it interesting for the audience to right. look at and when they get tired of looking? Because we don't, we as people, as a human being, don't look at something for a long time.
1: Right, our we attention kind of spans move. are pretty short. <laughs> yeah.
0: We move around. And so are you a comedian, drama actor, do you think?
1: Um, well, I like, to, <laughs> I like to think of myself as a, as a drama actor, but the vast majority of things I've done have been comedies mm-hmm. um, but I think I think that's very interesting because comedy in my opinion is much more difficult than drama hmm right because with comedy comedy does not age well right it has to be in the times and especially with live theater as we were kind of talking about earlier you have to pay attention and play off that house a right. little bit to make a comedy kind of come alive for that sure. audience you know whereas in a drama you're just in the scene and you're living in the scene. That's it. You're just worrying about your scene partner and what's going on around you, right? That's it. And if you do that, the scene will come off well, right? It's, I, th- I think it's really interesting because, you know, we'll, have, we'll see an actor like Jim Carrey or someone who does a lot of comedies or something, and then he'll do a serious role. And people are like, oh, my God. I didn't know he was so good. He can do a dramatic role too. Right. And it's like, right. yeah, that, in comparison to comedy, I think comedy's harder than drama. Right. Really. You know, there's a lot more to think about with a comedy. Because um, it's hard to know what's funny. <laughs> Not and everyone
0: knows. Almost exactly that. What is funny? Yeah, you just don't right? know. Who knows? And for whoever. Okay, now um, you're going away. Yes. Uh, you're going to Ireland, is it?
1: Correct. And it's not for just a week, No, no, for two <laughs> weeks,
0: you're going for a tour.
1: Oh, I'm going to be there for a little while. I plan to start at three months as like the trial period, I guess mm-hmm. you could call it. I'll be there, I'll be doing a work exchange program with an organiza- organization called Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms, or just WOOF for short, Okay. make it easy on ourselves. Um, but that essentially what I do is I go, I provide labor during the week, and in exchange, the place I am at, they give me housing and food for the time I'm there. Mm-hmm. So that essentially mm-hmm. makes my cost to travel to these places nothing more than the plane ticket. Right. Right? So it's, I'm taking it, my buddy and I, we're both going to do this, we're taking it as an opportunity to just like, you know, we're young, I, I don't have like a mortgage or anything to be paying. You right, know? right. So. We'll just go out and do it. do it, explore around, you know. And we might hop around to other places, but right now, Ireland is the focus, right? There no, County any Clare.
0: particular reason for
1: Ireland? Well, actually, it's kind of funny you mentioned that I've wanted to go to Ireland since I was like 10, but I was supposed to go to Dublin um, about just over just under a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, because I was supposed to go to the Gaiety School of Acting in Dublin there as an international student but i got accepted and everything was hunky dory and then we all know what happened early 2020 everything shut down so that wasn't able to happen so that was kind of like oh dang it well now what am i gonna do and i tried and i applied again and even then you know before the application even got reviewed it was like yeah we're not doing them this year and it's like yeah i understand (laughs) you know so it's just been kind of like this far off dreams like oh my gosh i want to go there so bad And now here we are, thank goodness, almost two years later, the day after tomorrow, I'll be there.
0: That's exciting. So uh, their loss is our gain for you playing in this play here. (laughs) And so Andrew Lehman, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Thank you. And good luck in your travels and uh, at least come back here and give us another (laughs) performance on stage before you You find that you have to go somewhere else to live your life. (laughs) Have
1: to leave. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure I'll be back before too long.
0: Great, thanks. (laughs) Well, that's it for another episode of OTP Volunteer Table. My thanks to Andrew Lehman and my best wishes on his adventure. Now, for the week of October 31 and November 1 and the month of November, on November 11-12, we present Together We Sing, a worldwide musical event. After COVID, community theater is making a revival from a year of being closed. Musical International, a leading licensing agency, is supporting this revival of local theater with a worldwide celebration, helping theaters get lights back on and audiences back in their seats. You can be part of this worldwide event, as All Together Now, a musical review is presented in over 2,300 theaters in over 40 countries and in every state in the U.S., Come support Old Town Playhouse and celebrate live theater. November 18th through December 4th, we present Savannah Sipping Society. Four unique Southern women are drawn together by fate and an impromptu happy hour. Together they discover lasting friendships and a renewed determination to live in the moment. Coming in December is Young Company's Holiday Cabaret, a musical review, and in the new year, Frozen Jr. That's it for this episode. Our music today is Talkies by Humma Humma. OTP Volunteer Table is produced in association with the Old Town Playhouse of Traverse City, Michigan. If you have any concerns, questions, or would like to tell your story, send an email off to office at oldtownplayhouse.com. This is the OTP Volunteer Table. I am Don Kuhlhorn, and we will see you on the board.